0: This is the 5 o'clock news block on News Talk Sports 94.9 WSJM. Brought to you by the Town Crier Wire in the newsroom. I'm Andrew Green. A man has drowned at Warren Dunes State Park. More from WSJM's Michael Arney. Rhoda Lake Township Police say 38 year old Luis C. Fuentes of Bensonville, Illinois, is drowned in Lake Michigan at Warren Dunes State Park. He was found in about nine feet of water with help from a drone after police recalled at the park at 4.11 p.m. Sunday. One other person made it out of the water without needing medical attention. A second victim was pulled up by bystanders and taken to Corwell Health St. Joseph Hospital to be treated. Police say all three were outside the swim area, past the buoys. Waves were two to three feet high during the rescue. C. Fuentes was brought to a rescue boat by a Lake Township water rescuer who had to remove his life vest to dive down to the bottom of the lake to reach him. I'm Michael Arning, WSJM News. Michigan officials hope to build a new tech hub in the state that could create thousands of new jobs and billions of dollars in investments. Michigan's Chief Infrastructure Officer Jack Culloden says the state is competing with other states for funding under the Chips and Science Act, which was passed by Congress last year. So we're talking about industries like um, electrified software-enabled mobility, essentially the computers um, and batteries behind the next generation of, uh, you know, of of mobility technology. And that's what the Southeast Michigan application is all about. Or the equipment that is needed to produce these next generation batteries that are powering not only our electric vehicles, but also our electrical grid. The CHIPS Act would distribute $10 billion over five years in 20 regional technology and innovation hubs. Applications for the federal funding are due on August 15th. Republican George Lucas is once again running for Michigan House in the 38th District. Lucas ran in the Republican primary for the seat last time, losing to Kevin Whiteford, who then lost the general election to State Representative Joey Andrews. Lucas is a Chickaming Township Realtor who once, who was once named the Realtor of the Year by the Southwestern Michigan Association of Realtors. He's also been the president of Chickaming Open Lands in the Southwestern Michigan Association of Realtors. He says his campaign will focus on, quote, creating economic diversity, protecting Lake Michigan and agricultural land, improving the school system, providing high-speed Internet access for the entire community, and increasing the supply of workforce housing. Lucas says he wants another shot at running because our, quote, current leadership has, is just not representative of our community values. He has the endorsements of former State Senator Tanya Schutmaker, as well as Berrien County Sheriff Paul Bailey, Berrien County Drain Commissioner Christopher, Christopher Quatran and several township trustees from around Harbor Country. The Maids of the Mist Fountain is nearly restored and will soon be placed back at its usual location in downtown St. Joseph. It's been gone from its post in Lake Bluff Park across from the Whitcomb since April of last year, while McKay Lodge Conservation Lab in Ohio works to fix it up. St. Joseph Public Works Director Greg Grothaus tells us the work has been extensive. Everything you can imagine they've had to do. They had to put a new structural center support column in and then reattach that. There'll be new plumbing on the inside, and obviously it'll be repainted and everything when it's all said and done. Brodow says the city had to wait longer than expected for the work to be completed, but this is the most thorough restoration the fountain has received yet. It has taken a little bit longer. There has been some surprises, but even I didn't realize the exact detail of what they were doing and how far they were going with this restoration, like removing some of the smallest pieces and making sure the backside of that is cleaned and painted. A rededication of the fountain will be held at 3 p.m. on Sunday, September 17th. Broadhouse says the Whitcomb will provide beverages and snacks once the speeches are finished. The Maids of the Mist Fountain was built 150 years ago and began its life at Lake Bluff Park 132 years ago on August 27, 1892. The fountain is a property of the city originally purchased by H.E. Bucklew, the owner of the Whitcomb Hotel. St. Joseph resident Judy Feland has paid for the fountain's $210,000 restoration. The Benton Township Police Department is looking for three people who it says may have been involved in a murder on August 6th. Police responded to 1713 Crystal Court shortly after midnight about a gunshot victim and found a 37-year-old woman on the second floor of the home with a gunshot wound. She died at the hospital. The department has released photographs of individuals wanted for questioning. The photos are of a very low quality, but police are hoping someone in the public could recognize clothing or other features of the suspects and come forward with more information. We have the photos at our website. Anyone with information on the shooting is asked to contact the Benton Township Police Department. A project to develop housing at the site of the former Mercy Hospital in Benton Harbor has received a lifeline. The city has learned that Project T has been given initial approval from the Michigan State Housing Development Authority to receive funding through its Missing Middle program. Project T is a $33 million effort of Harbor Habitat and a renovare in Detroit to build 100 housing units and commercial space on Agard and Weld Streets. It struggled to get state support, but the Michigan State Housing Development Authority now has it listed as being in line for just under $2.6 million from the missing middle program. That seeks to support housing projects for middle incomes. The Benton Harbor City Commission will now have to approve the site plan and transfer the property to Project T, something which could be a problem. Southwestern Michigan College has named its new eSports arena the Midwest Energy and Communications eSports Arena after a donation from Midwest Energy and Communications. The college says MEC has donated $25,000 for equipment and tournament entry fees for the SMC eSports team. The arena in the Barbara Wood Building on the Dowagiac campus is a showcase for the information technology program. It also provides opportunities for students who love computers and gaming with 12 consoles in a glass-walled space right in the center of the Business and Information Technology class building. SMC President Joe Odenwald says the MEC donation will, quote, directly help our business and information technology students broaden exposure of SMC across the country and also get the word out about available high-speed Internet. Southwestern Michigan College formalized its eSports program in 2021. Student officers and a part-time coach manage the team and schedule around a dozen matches per year. The Roadrunners compete in Rocket League and Valorant. And bridge tolls are extremely important to the Mackinac Bridge. That's according to the chair of the Mackinac Bridge Authority Board, Patrick Gleason. He spoke out as a bill has been introduced in the Michigan House to eliminate tolls at the Mackinac Bridge. We, we uh, adopt a 20-year business plan. Every year it's amended and carried out one more year to make sure that there's enough funds set aside to properly maintain that bridge on at least 20-year projection. Gleason says they don't get federal or state funds, so the $23 million raised each year in bridge tolls is used for bridge maintenance and capital projects. WSJM News Now continues with your Bloomberg report. WSJM News Now continues, brought to you by Imperial Furniture in Dwozhak, where furniture shopping is fun. At least 96 people are now confirmed killed in the wildfire that moved into Lahaina on Maui last week. ABC's Alex Stone is on Maui now as search and recovery efforts are underway. He has the story of one man's survival. Denny Euchert has lived in Lahaina for 15 years. He tells us he ran for his life, helped pull people out of their cars, and jumped into the ocean hiding against the seawall rocks. It was a nightmare, one of my worst nightmares. It was, you know, being burned. He says he truly thought he was going to die. Thank God. Somebody was looking out for me, and I almost gave up. Honestly, I almost gave up there towards the end. Photos on his phone show massive amounts of fire and ash raining down on victims who were desperately trying to stay alive. Alex Stone, ABC News, Maui. As the Maui wildfire approached, residents of Lahaina had moments to make decisions that would determine whether they lived or died. It became a harrowing narrow window of time in one of the most lethal natural disasters the country has seen in years. There were no sirens, no one to tell people what to do. Residents were on their own to choose whether to stay or to run. Some survived out of luck. They fled in cars or on foot or heard from neighbors and people fleeing nearby which direction was safe to run. Some helped people over the seawall that separates the town from the ocean. At least 96 have died and those who lived are haunted by what they endured. Attorneys for Hunter Biden now say in a court filing that a diversion agreement on a gun charge is valid and binding while furthering the plea agreement on tax charges is moot after it fell apart in court. Or maybe he's Brittany Shepard. Lawyers for the president's son now argue that the second part of his plea deal remains in effect. That diversion agreement on a felony gun charge would allow Hunter Biden to avoid prosecution if he adheres to certain terms. His attorneys say that that portion was a separate contract negotiated and entered outside the presiding judge's purview. Prosecutors have suggested that additional charges could be filed in California or Washington, D.C. But in the meantime, a judge has ordered prosecutors to respond to Biden's attorneys by noon on Tuesday. Brittany shepard abc news washington court officials in atlanta have published a list of criminal charges against former president donald trump but as a fulton county grand jury began hearing from witnesses today there was no public indication trump had been indicted in a long-running investigation of the 2020 presidential election the list was deleted shortly after reuters reported on it and a spokesperson for fulton county district attorney Fannie willis said it was inaccurate The charges included state racketeering counts, conspiracy to commit false statements, and solicitation of violation of oath by public officers. Meanwhile, with less than two weeks to go until the first Republican presidential debate, the 2024 Republican field made its way to Des Moines this weekend to get some vital face-to-face time with voters. ABC's Rachel Scott is in Des Moines with more. Nearly the entire Republican field descending on the Iowa State Fair this weekend. Desperate to make their mark. But campaign stops like this could be more challenging for the former president in the coming months. He's now bracing for a fourth possible indictment in Georgia and could be on trial in a separate case starting January 2nd, two weeks before the Iowa caucuses. Parents in Louisville are searching for backup plans after school bus problems forced schools to close. But ABC's Brian Clark says those problems can be found across the nation. The last student was not dropped off from the first day of school in Louisville until almost 10 o'clock, capping off a disastrous day of busing problems that caused Jefferson County schools to close Monday and Tuesday. In Orlando, parents are being asked to carpool instead of relying on buses. Rideshare company Hop Skip Drive says it conducted a survey and found that an estimated 80% of districts are dealing with driver shortages. There could be problems ahead in the nation's largest school district. District. Here in New York City, school bus drivers could strike at the start of the school year next month. Brian Clark, ABC News, New York. A national political movement that could offer a bipartisan presidential ticket in 2024 as an alternative to major party nominees has now won ballot access in 10 states. The latest happened in North Carolina when the State Board of Elections voted Sunday to recognize the No Labels Party as an official party following a successful petition effort. The group says it would offer a bipartisan unity ticket for president and vice president if Democrats and Republicans select divisive presidential nominees. The board voted for recognition despite concerns by some members about whether it met a party definition and how signature collectors perform their work. And Barbie director Greta Gerwig just captured a couple more records. Morph maybe sees Jason Nathanson. You guys ever think about- The Barbie phenomenon not dying anytime soon, and over the weekend the film just set two more records. Director Greta Gerwig now holds the title for the highest earning film in the U.S. ever directed by a woman, passing Frozen 2, which was co-directed by Jennifer Lee. Worldwide, Frozen 2 is still the champ for a movie directed by a woman, though Barbie has a strong shot at beating it. And over the weekend, the film became the highest-grossing live-action movie worldwide, directed by a woman, passing Captain Marvel, which was co-directed by Anna Boda. Barbie's worldwide total stands at $1.18 billion, another $250 million, and it'll pass Frozen 2. Jason Aithenson, ABC News, Hollywood. WSJM News Now continues with your weather forecast.